0: live from the journeys group studio this is taking care of business
1: good day this is tommy tate and this is george pate taking care of business today is the week holy week is the week of easter yes depending on when you're listening to this it might be
2: might be easter day uh yeah it might be easter day it may be the day but, before easter or it may be uh, that would,
1: if it's that would still be part of holy week though
2: Well, what I was trying to figure... I was trying to remember, you know, because we had Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. I was trying to think if Wednesday had any um, title associated with it.
1: Mm, You know, because...
2: Anyway. anyway. We'll discuss this further in a minute, though. Yes, we will, because our show is about Easter.
1: Yes. So, anything coming out of Washington, D.C., we need to... Oh, Trump's being indicted. You know,
2: Okay. (laughs) Before we get on the topic of Easter, I was talking to my roommate. About, <laughs> Let's get the hard stuff. Yeah, I, I was. I was talking to my roommate about this the other day, who who is a a filthy libertarian, and I joke on him that you just can't make up your mind one way or another. Yeah. But anyway, um, and you know, he and I were talking about it, and he said, I just don't understand why these people have so much energy to go towards hating this one person that has not that has that has no impact on them. He he said it best. He said at the end of the day, I still got to go to work in the morning. So what do I care? And I, and I pointed out to him, okay, what they're accusing Donald Trump of is something that every politician has done. You know, a, a, a congressperson's annual salary is what? 125, 150,000 a year, all right? I don't care if you've been in politics for 30 years. You don't obtain a net worth of a hundred million dollars on a salary of one hundred twenty-five thousand a year, and so my point. My point behind all this is, all of them do it, and yet they're going after one person. and And if they would take all of that energy and directed it, at, oh, I don't know, Hillary any, Clinton, any, no, not not even another person. Maybe any of the problems that we've got going on right now, no. we would be so far ahead of the game. And that's, that's all I'm going
1: to say. That's all you got and, and, to say about that. Any thoughts? No, I'm just, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's, um, I think all of politics has become a clown show now. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's local, uh, whether it's regional, state, federal, it's just a clown show.
2: Every time I see a headline about it, I I mean, I instinctually roll my eyes and think, oh Lord, what garbage is it going to be today? I mean, I'm not even.
1: You've got garbage coming out of DC and Raleigh you've got garbage reporting of it i mean because you know the news media is such a joke now so was it garbage in garbage out you still have garbage
2: yeah i mean like i said at the end of the day um it doesn't affect me no. uh, so uh, all these people that are yeah
1: he's finally going
2: down it's like man i am so glad that your life is is so <laughs> is
1: is, measure, is impactfully measured i better, mean it yeah. is
2: just is so meaningful that that has a direct impact but it, that's Anyway, I just wanted to uh, kind of air that out. Yes,
1: let's get that out for our system. My name is Tommy Pate. I'm a certified financial planner with The Journeys Group.
2: And I'm George Pate. I'm a financial advisor with The Journeys Group.
1: We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden, North Carolina, just outside of Greenville. Our phone number is 252-746-6785. Again, that's 252 252- seven four six six seven eight five. our website is w dot Again, that's w Our website has a variety of financial articles that regularly rotate through. It's got our schedule and our contact information. Uh, it has uh, upcoming events, which our next upcoming event is a retirement seminar in Edenton, which is May the 2nd and 4th. Yep. Hey, I got it right this time. Uh, and uh, we had the um, spring fling, but which we call the Easter event last Saturday. but it got canceled due to some significant weather, but uh, anyway. Uh, also has links to YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And last but not least, it has the podcast Taking Care of Business Archive there. So if you miss the episode, that's the place to go get. That'll cover everything. I believe so. Excellent. Um, we are a financial planning firm. Uh, we specialize in making your money work for you. But today's show is going to have a little different spin on it. We're a financial planning firm that uh, it does everything in our power to base to make our decisions and to base our our beliefs and our business opportunities and philosophies on Christian values. Mm-hmm. Now, notice I say we do the best we can. We're human; we stumble sometimes. But
2: yes, please do not take this as a as a preaching moment
1: or no. a a holier than thou moment. No, the only person I'm holier than thou would be me of a minute ago, perhaps. <laughs> words,
2: and and even and even then, on some days, that's questionable yeah. for myself.
1: <laughs> uh, so this is Holy Week. Um, well, let's back up. What I mean, people are going to go, "What in the world?" Does Easter and Christian faith have to do with financial planning?
2: And it's interesting that we're talking about this, not just because it's Easter week, but you've been doing a, with your, with y'all's small group, with your Bible study, you've been, you've been teaching and leading a study on the days leading up to Easter. And so I think this one's going to be really interesting. We were actually talking about this the other day when we were kind of preparing for this and you know because we we do we always do a christmas show and i told him i said why don't we do an easter show you know it's if, if it's just as important if not actually more if if not more important yeah. yeah and so we were trying to trying to find a way to tie it into to what we do here and you brought up a good point you said there are certain things that we in in our professional yeah. career rely on we rely on things like compound interest well not only rely on
1: we know that that we know with to a certainty it's going to work
2: yeah that we know that things are going to work we rely on things like compound interest we rely on a certain savings rate we rely on time i mean there there's several things that we know are there
1: uh, uh, unequivocally yes to- yeah exactly and so it kind of brings the 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 point is if if I rely or we rely on these things professionally and for our money purposes, what do we rely on personally? And the one thing that I rely on personally is that I am forgiven. Uh, and when you screw up as much as I do, that is a very <laughs> big deal. Uh, George mentioned I had been leading a Bible study. One of the things that I – came to the realization of, or maybe the Lord led me to it, was remember that in Genesis, we had Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And at that time, there was no death in the world. The Lord's plan was for us to live forever in a perfect place, perfect utopia, which was called Eden. Animals wouldn't die, we wouldn't die, everything was vegetarian, so there was no need for any death whatsoever. Of course, then we screw it up, and death comes into the picture, If you look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you hear the term, he defeated death, I never really quite made that connection. I mean, he rose from the dead, and that to me was, was him defeating death. But if you think it all the way through, what happened on Easter was that God brought us back to the Garden of Eden, and the death that we all must face is physical death only, and that at the time of our death, physical death, when we make that transition, we'll enter eternal life in heaven, or we're back in the Garden of Eden with no death. You so know, it's come full circle.
2: You know, it, it's interesting. Back when I remember distinctly, when I was in high school, I was doing a, a pretty pretty intense Bible study with a, with a, a group of guys that I w- we were all good friends with. And um, I remember we were, we were walking through, I, I can't remember how I got to this, but when you're talking about Adam and Eve being kicked out of Eden... It never made sense to me before that moment, you know, when they eat of the true, the the fruit of the tree of good and evil. And um in that moment God says they have died when they eat it. And that never made sense to me because that he he you know they're kicked out of Eden, but they're still alive. And and just like we're talking about Jesus overcoming death, it never clicked for me that it wasn't the physical death that God was talking about. It was, I mean, in that moment, yes, they were now susceptible to physical death, but it was spiritual death, that they were totally disconnected from him in that moment because of that one instance. And so just like you're talking about where it never, you you always had kind of a hard time grasping what it mean, what it meant to defeat death, that clicked with me years ago about them being kicked out of eden and being subject to death in that moment not later on down the line and so like you said it all comes i mean from from the very beginning it all came full circle
1: you know you think about the um the sacrifice of christ who is the ultimate uh, hybrid if you will of god and man and during the course of this Bible study. And again, I'm trying to relate this to financial planning, so there may be some stretches here. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but there, Jesus said seven things while he was on the cross.
2: Yeah, we talked about this the other day. And we I, did. I, yeah.
1: And and um, all seven of them were significant signs of both his humanity and his godship. That's now, true. Now you think about it. Um. While he was on the cross, he saw his mother in front of him weeping. And he saw one of his disciples, John, standing beside her. And he basically said, woman, this is your son. John, this is now your mother. And so even though he's in excruciating pain, um, he's still reaching out to take care of his mother and look after her. I also heard today, by the way, that the term excruciating comes from from crucifixion. Crucifixion. I did not know that.
2: That that was not a word until the Romans came. The Romans invented that word to describe the pain that comes from a crucifixion. I did not know that. All right. Another thing he says, I thirst. I thirst. A human need. I mean, he is he's on the cross and I mean, he has the power to take himself down if he wanted to. But in that moment, he's, he is embracing his humanity and his role, and he just says, I thirst.
1: Yeah. That's it. Now, I think as human beings, sometimes we don't take care of our families like we should, uh, but I think we all thirst. And I don't just mean for water. I mean, when people come to us professionally, they are thirsting for financial peace.
2: Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a, need, a, a need that needs to be fulfilled, a, a thirst, if you will
1: one of the quandaries that or the oxymorons or paradoxes whatever that comes with being having a christian faith and being a financial planner is um there are some people out there that would say well if you have faith in god why do you worry about planning i mean he's going to take care of everything and there's some truth to that there is yes uh but there's also truth that god helps those who help themselves um you know you can look at the bible and say well i could jump in fire and god wouldn't burn me because look what happened to um
2: Shadrach, Meshach, she, yeah, and Abednego. Shadrach and
1: Shabetgo, they were, or Daniel the Lions. You know, mm-hmm. I said yeah, but um, they were not voluntarily in they, there. They, they, they,
2: they didn't jump in there of their own volition.
1: Yeah, yeah to, to you know to, to to prove a point. So one of the aspects of your financial planning, um, and we talked about this ad nauseum, has to be tithing. Uh, if you're not tithing. And if you don't go to church, give it to a to a charity. a charity, or something. If you're not tithing, then you're not demonstrating your faith in God. You are putting your faith in yourself and in your ability to handle your money. And by tithing, even when you can't afford it, you're saying to the world and to God, "I'm trusting you to take care of my of my needs." Yeah,
2: in, instead of just um, I don't want to say throwing your hands up and saying I don't need to do anything, God's going to take care of it, and He will but like you're saying there's a there's a certain amount of effort and responsibility that we have to do our part. Now, that's not to say that if we don't do our part God's not going to take care of us. God doesn't need us to do that, but but he needs us to show faith. Exactly. But but he needs us to to take those leaps of faith to do those things to he he needs us to take our responsibility to do our part. And in the grand scheme of things, our part is not that big. I mean, he, he, all, all he says is, all right, I'm giving you, I'm giving you this gift of, of money. You know, you're working for it. It's coming from me. All I want is 10% back in the grand scheme of things. That's really not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It's really not. And God takes less than the federal government does. I I mean, I don't mean that sarcastic. No, truly, truly. I mean, God takes less than the federal government does in taxes. And so, you know, you're, um, I'm air quoting now, okay with the taxes coming out, but you're not okay with giving 10% to God. Yeah. Well, you're probably not okay with taxes either. That's why they take you. Yeah, exactly. But, but my point is that, you know, you raise a good point that it's really not that, it's just not that much. And it's just, it, it's not, he's not asking for a whole lot.
1: So if, if some of you out there are going, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I give 10% to God, I'm going to be a millionaire. That's not what we no. said. <laughs> we said, if you give 10% to God, God will take care of your needs. Now, your needs... As God views it, and your needs as you view it, may may be two totally different things. Uh, I can't speak to that uh, because everybody has their own own thing. But what I can speak to is this, and that is that prior to Easter, mankind had to, and I'm air quoting, and this is my opinion, I'm not a theologian, (laughs) so keep that in mind, mankind had to, air quoting, buy his time with God through animal sacrifice they had to earn it so to speak he had, they had no relationship whatsoever because the one thing that our God can't tolerate is sin in any form and so he had an extremely difficult time having a relationship with us because we were full sin it wasn't extremely difficult
2: it was impossible
1: yeah yeah so Jesus Christ came to earth to die now at the moment of his crucifixion Every sin that was ever created, every sin that had ever been made, and every sin that will ever be made was placed on him. To give you an idea of the agony of this, this is a man that rode through Jerusalem on Sunday and was cheered by crowds.
2: You know, palm leaves being placed down in mm-hmm.
1: front of him, all of these, was, was you was know. welcomed and embraced. Mm-hmm. Five days later on Friday, he is hung on a cross. On that same road. Same road. Uh, And the crowds that were cheering him five days earlier were now spitting and jeering at him. And so what does he do? He turns to his heavenly father, to God for comfort, and God is not there. Because at that moment, Jesus has every sin of the world is upon him. And remember, God can't tolerate sin. And he knows this. Yeah, and that's why he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, in the time of his biggest need, remember, this is a man whose friends betrayed him, whose friends turned their back on him, whose one source of strength, the the Heavenly Father, turned away from him, and he still made it, he, he still stayed. If you're having a difficult life, friends turned their back on you, money's not going like you think it is, or like you think you should, perhaps, then ask yourself, uh, is it any worse than what Christ went through? Because of the death on the cross, God will never turn His back on you, like He did Jesus Christ.
2: You know, it's it's interesting. We're talking about His friends betraying Him. I was I was talking to somebody at church recently, and um, one of the uh, the teenagers at church had had posed a question to one of the adults, and it was a tough question, and it was why why did you know, if Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, why did he make him a disciple? And and I, we were kind of pondering that. And, and who I was talking to, she said, man, that was a really, she said, I had to tell the, to, the this teenager, I'll get back to you because I don't have a good answer. And we were sitting there talking about it. And, and again, it was, it kind of dawned on us that the whole point of making Judas a disciple, knowing he was going to betray Jesus was so that Jesus could experience every possible human pain that he could that 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 there was and so what that means for us is that again like you're saying that all right everything that we're going through is not as bad as being hung on a cross i mean physically but what that tells us is that because of all of jesus's experiences he's been there he knows what it feels like and so he empathizes with us he he, he's not a this figurehead that has no idea what this feels
1: like in a three-day span uh, one of his closest confidants betrayed him. Another one disavowed knowing him, Peter. When he's when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane for strength because he's asking the Lord to take the crucifixion responsibility away from him. And he asked his disciples, stay awake and pray and with just, me. And just keep watch. And yeah. they go to sleep so by the time he's taken to the cross on friday morning every person that is close to him on this earth has let him down now what does this got to do with your money i want to ask you a couple of questions these are rhetorical you answer them to yourself that's <laughs> obviously we can't yeah do obviously you. we can't yeah. Yeah. do you worry about money and probably 90 percent of you just went oh yeah <laughs> If you're worried about money and we're telling you that God's going to take care of your business, are you being a good steward of what God has given to you financially? Are you tithing? We've talked about this. Are you being making appropriate use of your money? Are you being an active witness to what God has done in your life? I can tell you this, if you can answer yes to those three, then he's going to take care of your needs. Now, keep in mind, him taking care of your needs doesn't mean a mansion in Malibu. I mean, it might, but it might not. I think people have it in mind that when we
2: say, okay, like in the case of if you start tithing... God's going to take care of you. People, people have people may have it in mind that okay, I have tithed today. Tomorrow, I'm going to get a check in the mail for a hundred thousand dollars that I wasn't expecting, and all my problems. are No, that's not how that's now. It could. I'm not saying it can happen, but most of the time, it it is not something that is immediately fixed. What is fixed is your worry about it. Mm-hmm.
1: The Bible says uh, Jesus says one of the few times you see Jesus angry was when he cursed a fig tree. Because he wanted a fig and there's Mm -hmm. no fig. So he cursed it and he cursed the fig tree because it wasn't being fruitful. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you, are you fruitful with your funds? Do you and your partner uh, make decisions together? If you have children, are you teaching them how to be good stewards of what, what there is there? Most, most, most importantly, which is a combination <laughs> of more and most, are you using your money to honor God? And if you're using your money for, you know, gambling or pornography or I can think of it, be- whatever being, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, then you're not honoring God. Now, having said that, am I a hypocrite? Yes. Do I use my money to honor God? I try. Am I successful? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> there is no bigger failure than me, the man behind the mic right yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're talking from experience here, not, <laughs> not from a, yeah. we are not talking from yeah. a platform. Yeah, I am not looking down, brother, I'm looking up. So, but the fact that um, I can be reasonably successful uh, is because of what the Lord has done. And the only way I have a relationship with God is because of the man that hung on a cross the Friday before we celebrate Easter. Because if that man had not hung on that cross, there would not be a relationship with God.
2: Yeah, I think about it that at any point in time, he could have if if he had if he'd wanted to he could have taken himself off the cross and oh could have called legions of angels and and wiped out and whipped everybody yeah wiped out every person that was there everyone that had done him wrong i mean he could have killed everybody there if he wanted to
1: but he didn't now one we're gonna wrap this up and by the way um if you disagree with this if you agree with this if you want to talk with us about the way we handle money with the try to do the question values give us a call at 252-746-6785 again that's 252-746-6785 all right got that commercial out of the way yeah yeah three things um well five things happened when jesus was crucified but three major things number one jesus was crucified about nine o'clock in the morning died about three that afternoon At noon on that day, darkness came upon the earth. Symbolically, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, your world's gonna be dark. At the moment of his death, the earth, there was an earthquake and rocks rattled. And one of the things that happened when Jesus came into Jerusalem five days before his death The Pharisees asked him to ask the crowds to stop cheering for him. And Jesus' comment was, if they weren't cheering, the rocks would be. So here's the earth and the rocks crying out in grief with his death. But the most significant thing at all, prior to his death, um, in the tabernacle, in the church, what they call the church, there was a section of the church called the Holy of Holies. And it was separated by everything else by a veil that has been described as being 60 feet tall and four inches thick.
2: Yeah, this is not just like a little shower curtain. This no, was a it's, it's heavy veil.
1: The only person that could go into the Holy of Holies was the chief priest. Once a year. And he could only go once a year because the Israelites, the Israelis believe that the Holy Spirit reside in the Holy of Holies. And, and, and do you know how he went in there? He
2: would go in there with a. They would tie a rope around his waist, right, so and if and out. if he died, they, and, and somebody made a good point recently, they said, "I've always thought that was kind of humorous because what made them think God wouldn't just cut the rope?" Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> or the Holy but, Spirit, I should but say. The only,
1: so that was the only person that could approach God one on one. At the moment that Jesus breathed his last, that curtain in the temple that separated the holy of holies was torn in two with God clearly saying there is no separation between mankind and me anymore. Because of the death of Jesus Christ, anybody can approach me one-on-one. And the last words Jesus said was, it is finished. And what he was saying was, the ultimate sacrifice has been made. So, again, not a theologian, not a... Not a preacher, not uh, a... Just try to do the best I can here. If you do not have that relationship with Christ, Easter is the best time of year to get it. If we can help you, call us. We're trying to refer you to some ministers and whatnot because we're not ministers, but I can tell you this. Life is hard on a good day. It's even harder without Almighty God in it. So I appreciate you um putting up with us today and talking about Easter, but we just felt like it was important and that we needed to maybe to share some of this with, with those of you that listen to us, all two of you, <laughs> and how it applies to your, to your finances. I hear the music in my ear, so it's time for me to head on out. I appreciate you guys uh, visiting with us today, and I hope you have a fantastic Easter weekend, and I hope you never forget the man on the cross. Until next week, this is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate
0: advisor.